1: And welcome to episode number 48 of the Derek Diamond Experience for the week of March 9th, 2015. I am your host, Derek Diamond, and coming up on today's show, we have a jam-packed Pensacon-themed episode featuring a few interviews that I did while I was at the convention with comic book artists Steve Scott, K. Michael Russell, and Derek Donovan. And you'll also be hearing my conversation with Pensacon CEO and co-founder, Mr. Ben Galecki. But first, I unfortunately have to kick off the show with some sad news. Uh, The nerd pop culture world lost a living legend a couple of weeks ago, Leonard Nimoy, who most of you know from playing Spock in the original Star Trek show, and also reprised that role in the two latest Star Trek movies, uh, passed away on Friday, February 27th at the age of 83. And what's crazy is that was the first day of Pensacon, and I remember getting to the Bay Center and getting all my things set up and just waiting for things to start. And my mom sends me a text message that says Leonard Nimoy had passed away. So it, it was not a it was not a very good way to kick off Pensacon. But he lived a great life. Uh, he has one of the most legendary roles in nerd and pop culture, and he was so beloved, such a class act. And his final tweet that he sent out a few days before he died uh, could not have been more perfect or fitting. Uh, He tweeted, and this was on February 22nd, he said, A life is like a garden. Perfect moments can be had, but not preserved except in memory. Live long and prosper. So rest in peace, Leonard Nimoy. But in other news, I finally sat down and watched a film that I've wanted to see for the last few months, especially after it won Best Director and Best Picture at the Oscars this year, and that's Birdman, uh, starring Michael Keaton, who plays an aging actor who was primarily known for playing a superhero called Birdman, and he's making the transition from that into Broadway. He writes, directs, and stars in his own play, and it deals with a lot of his inner struggles where he's trying to mend his relationship with his daughter because he was never there for her because he was off making movies and you know being typecast as just this more of a celebrity than an actor i believe that's what he was referred to at some point in the movie by a uh, theater critic and it was really well done um the acting was great michael keaton was really really good emma stone even though she wasn't in it as much as i thought she would be she did a very good job But my favorite person in this movie was Edward Norton, who plays a very eccentric uh, stage actor, and I think eccentric would be putting it a little lightly. He did a very good job. Uh, He was very funny. Uh, He actually played a pretty big role in the first half of the movie and then just kind of disappears. And you don't really see him again until one of the last scenes of the movie. So I I thought that was kind of interesting, but it was a very good movie. Uh, The cinematography was very unique, and this is something that I didn't even know about until a couple of days before I saw the movie, and that being the whole film looks like one continuous camera shot. There are no cuts except for this montage that you see at the end of the movie. I thought it was a very unique and ambitious task to do because... I can't imagine having to plan for something like that. Someone who's worked on short films, documentaries, and things like that. I I can't imagine the trouble that they went through to do that, but they did it successfully. I remember specifically trying to find cut points or where there might have been a cut point, but they did a very good job of masking that, and I don't know if we'll see that ever done again. I mean, we we might, but I kind of like that this kind of stands on its own in that regard, and I I just, I really enjoyed this movie, and if you're a fan of film, I highly recommend watching it. It's very, very good all around, and the score is really good too. But that's really all I have to say for this open, so I guess we'll jump right into our interviews this week. Like I said, I was at Pensacon a couple of weeks ago. I got to conduct a couple of fun interviews with some artists, and I also sat down with Ben Galecki, who helped co-found Pensacon, and you're going to get to hear about How Pensacon got started, comparing this year's to last, and even some some little tidbits about a documentary that he is working on called The Stairmaster. But first, I want to talk about the Unicorn Wranglers and the release of their brand new album, Murder Mystery Night. It has 10 brand new tracks, including their new single, Carne Asada, and Twin Peaks, which happens to be the theme song of the Derek Diamond experience. Murder Mystery Night is available now on iTunes, Amazon, Google Music, and Spotify. And don't forget to check them out on social media. Like them on Facebook. Their Twitter and Instagram handles are at Wranglers. And last but not least, check out their website, unicornwranglers.com. I'm here at Pensacon with K. Michael Russell. How are you doing, sir? Hey, good. Doing well. Good, good. Have you been enjoying Pensacon so far? So far so good, uh, had a panel this afternoon with some my childhood uh, guys that inspired me with drawing when I was a kid, um, uh, Steven Butler and Alex Saviak and so uh, having a great time so far. Cool, cool. So were you at Pensacon here last year? Yes, last year was actually, that was my first convention was Pensacon last year. Oh, your very first convention? Was. Mm-hmm. Wow. So how would you compare Pensacon this year to last year? Uh, so far it's it, uh, traffic flow has been a lot better I mean as far as uh, a lot of people coming through um, and a lot of a lot of fans uh, p- people bringing books in to sign you know so that's always fun so yeah so so far I'm enjoying it. All right well thank you very much for your time and hopefully you enjoy the rest of Pensacon. Back here at Pensacon with Derek Donovan Derek, how you doing? I'm doing great having a great time. Awesome awesome. So is this your first year at Pensacon or were you here last year?
2: I was here last year.
1: And uh, what have you noticed that's been different about this year's Pensacon as opposed to last?
2: Uh, Well, it's only the first day, so it's kind of early to tell, but so far it's just better use of the space and organization because obviously last year, first year, don't know how it's going to pan out, and they had attendance well beyond what they expected. So I think they're better prepared for that this year. So, you know, growing pains, but they've gotten used to it, you know.
1: Cool, cool. So what exactly is it that you do?
2: Uh, I do everything. I write, pencil, ink, letter, color, and now paint. So I'm kind of a jack-of-all-trades, master of none.
1: And what's your favorite thing to draw?
2: Uh, superheroes. Any specific ones? Um, jack Kirby creations, the The Marvel DC guys, the new gods at DC, like Demon Intrigan and stuff like that, or uh, X-Men, or you know, the Hulk, Serval Surfer, those kind of characters, yeah.
1: Cool, cool. All right, well, thank you very much for your time, Derek, and hopefully you enjoy
2: the rest of Pensacon. Thank you.
1: Here at Pensacon with my special guest, comic book artist Mr. Steve Scott. Steve, how are you enjoying Pensacon so far? Uh,
2: I love Pensacon. I, I loved it last year, and it's even gotten better this year.
1: So, How would you compare uh, last year's Pensacon to Pensacon this year?
2: Well, you know, uh, Pensacon last year, it was in their infancy. I mean, you know, it was the first-year convention, and uh, even though it, it didn't seem like it was because, I mean, honestly, they did such a wonderful job putting this show together. I mean, they really did. And any problems that they had last year, they've actually tweaked. I mean, there's wonderful signage all over this convention. Everybody knows where to go, what to do. Um, it's prepared for the busy day of Saturday, which is going to be tomorrow. Today was just a smooth, wonderful run-through of Friday, which they normally are. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just even smoother than it was last year. That's the only difference I can say. And what exactly is it that you do? I draw comic books. I, I currently do work for IDW. I've worked for everybody from Marvel to DC. I've worked uh, for George Lucas on Indiana Jones comic books. I have uh, worked on the TV show Smallville, doing animation work for that season six. Um, and for this show, I'm introducing, you know, my my sketchbook, ink slapping. So anyway, um, you know, I'm premiering at this show. This, this, this I consider to be my local convention. I'm from Biloxi, Mississippi, and, uh, and for me, this is, this is my local show. So
1: Fantastic. Well, Steve, thank you for taking the time to do the interview.
2: Uh, uh, can I add one other thing? Absolutely. Also do a podcast called the Pop Culture Palette. And uh, what is that pop culture palette a part of? Well, if you guys, you go
1: ahead and tell me. Pop Culture Palette is part of the Nerd Cave Network, which you can find on iTunes and all other forms of audio media.
2: And we love being a part of the Nerd Cave Network. And uh, also, we already have our first uh, one up that was a joint effort. So. Yep,
1: absolutely. So check that out on iTunes. And we're back here with my very special guest this week, the CEO and co-founder of Pensacon, Mr. Ben Galecki. Ben, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. A little little chilly outside, which is kind of of a, a contrast to yesterday, where it was in the 70s and then down in like the 30s at night, so... Kind of a little bit of a contrast, but uh, uh, first thing uh, I wanted to ask you, um, you're one of the co-founders of Pensacon, uh, along with Mike
0: Inslee. Um, how did you guys meet? I've known Mike Inslee for a really long time. I, I think I met him through Nightmare Theater, um, which he does, he still does to this day, But mm-hmm. uh, um, and they would put on uh, little film festivals over at the Silver Screen. And so we've always been in each other's orbits for, for a long time, and he... Uh, got in touch with me in 2012 and said he had an idea that uh, that I might be interested in because at the time I was um, that's when I was forming Kinematic Entertainment and kind of starting my uh, the production side of um, of my career. And so anyway, we talked we talked a few times in 2012 uh, and then in early 2013, which you know January maybe February, we began to talk. In earnest about how to do something, and it was the original idea uh, was a one-day event, and within two weeks of starting that, we'd already said, okay, we, we should make this a three-day event, and I think it was two months after that that we said, okay, we need to go to the Bay Center, so it was just an idea that kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger as as we as we explored, and from my side, when I really began to look at it and look at the the history of other conventions that do well, you know, that are well run uh, and that everybody has a good experience at, um, you know, they're, they become, um, you know, very popular, very successful. And so I wanted to make sure that our first year was as good as we could make it with what we have here.
1: Yeah, And I, I think you guys did that. I mean, the Bay Center does have its limitations, but with what you had to work with, I mean, I heard nothing but good things really after that first year. And it, I remember uh, specifically cause I, I was doing uh camera work and it was just crazy, you know, talking with fans and seeing, uh, you know, how much they enjoyed having something like that, as opposed to having to go to new Orleans or Orlando, Atlanta. Um, what's been the fan response to you about uh, something like Pensacon uh, being in this area?
0: Uh, it's been incredible. I, um, I don't necessarily go out and, and, and tell everybody, <laughs> you know, who I am or anything like that, but, uh, I actually like to go out and kind of covertly talk to a lot of people and, uh, ask them what they thought of Pensacon and if they enjoyed themselves and stuff like that. And so, you know, I have got, uh, just an incredibly positive response. People really, really enjoyed themselves the first year, um, you know, hopefully, pe- people really, really enjoyed themselves. The second year so far, I've heard you know a lot of good stuff, and it, it it's just it's really uh, um, it you know it's heartwarming and it's it's just great response.
1: Now, obviously, with you know working at a convention, uh, we all you know staff members and everything have our own little you know quote unquote nerd pop culture
0: interest. Uh, what what are some of yours? Well. I would say my oldest uh, uh, nerddom is uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, nice. You know, I, I started playing when I was eight years old and I fell in love. I still play to this day. Uh, it is something that uh, has always, <clears throat> for me, it was a way to create. I always liked running games, being a dungeon master. So, mm-hmm. so that was uh, that was always a creative outlet for me. Luckily, now in real life, I'm able to, as a producer and stuff like that, go out and and, and, and have these other creative outlets. But, you know, for a large part of my life, working jobs that weren't necessarily creative, I always had my d game to fall back <laughs> on. Uh, and, and, and comic books, mainly uh, Marvel comic books when I was younger, mm-hmm. uh, during the uh, the mid to late 80s and, and, and early 90s. Um, I really, really got into, um, you know, a lot of Marvel titles, but also when Image came out, I also got into a lot of them. And it's kind of funny, my roommate at the time and we were both spending more money on comic books than we were spending on rent. And we had to have an intervention with each other when our power got shut off. And we're like, all right, <laughs> we've got to give up some of these things. Uh, yeah. So that was, that was, uh you know, I still, still love comic books, but I did have to stop cold Turkey. I had a problem and, and I admitted it and, and was able to get the power turned back on. What are, what are some specific Marvel characters that you like? Uh, Spider-Man is probably the one that I read the most of. Same here. Uh, yeah. And, and just, uh, just that was, that was, I think that Spider-Man is the, you know, because he's such a nerd in real life and, and. And he's so relatable too. Exactly. And, and so you, you have this idea, um, or you have this, you feel this, uh, this, this, uh, commonality with him, uh, for, for me anyway, I mean, i wasn't necessarily a science geek in high school but uh, even though I really enjoyed science but still that that kind of being not the uh the top of the the social food chain <laughs> in yeah. high school
1: yeah I gotcha uh what was it like the first day of Pensacon last year when it opened just seeing you know all the planning that you guys did all the hours probably lack of sleep that mm-hmm. you guys got uh, what was it like that first day seeing you know all the fans show up.
0: Uh, it was absolutely incredible. And it's, it's, I say this about, I said this about the first Pentagon I said it about this Pentagon and, and it's the same way with a movie. Any, anything that you spend a very intense amount of time planning and w- during the planning phase, you have to try to think of everything that could go wrong.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So your mind may be on a hundred different things that could go wrong. Once it starts, once a movie begins to roll, once, uh, once an event begins, it's actually you're, – you're, you can become laser-focused because you only have to deal with the problem that's occurring. Mm-hmm. And the first Pentacon, I probably had two hours of sleep a night. For like the whole week leading up to it, just just making sure everything got into place, and I don't know if you remember or not all the the travel delays and mm-hmm. everything that happened. Because yeah, I remember the, the, the fog the mm-hmm. night before and everything. Yeah. So nobody had any sleep, and we had to get the doors open, mm-hmm. and the 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 line. Even that that Friday, we were so busy, uh, and I was working front of house, and the system that we had in place. Just just broke within forty five minutes it just because more more people were coming than we could handle, so we had to really solve some things on the fly but it was it was you know I had so many endorphins kicking it just i it felt great it felt great even even with everything falling apart as long as I kept everything moving smoothly, it felt great
1: I mean that's just what you have to do in situations like that just keep the ball rolling right um what were what was the difference in preparing for this year's Pensacon compared to last because you know you you guys have already done it so
0: did that make a difference in planning for this year's it made a huge difference and in fact uh, there's two factors that made a huge difference the first factor is that the first year mutated throughout the year it got bigger it got bigger we started bringing bigger guests and stuff like that you know we we had so many different things that that were put into place for a smaller convention that we had to adapt and we had to adapt and we had to adapt. Um, You know, a a, a case in point is that we still had ticket sales and will call at the crown uh, instead of being at the base center for the first year. So going into the second year, being able to plan, being knowing our venues and knowing what we were doing from the get-go allowed us to uh, plan stuff that was a lot, you know, more logical you know, for, because obviously the Bay Center can handle lines a lot better than the Crown Plaza can. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the other thing too, is that, you know, everything that we had to solve on the spot during the first year, because when you solve things on the spot, it's because you didn't think about them during planning. So now we were able to think of all those things. And now we've managed to uncover a whole new layer of problems that's going into next year, we'll have in mind and, and we'll, we'll have a plan for. Them. And I, and I suspect that we will find another layer <laughs> of problems below that, but that's, you know, well, you're always learning with sure. stuff like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned, uh, that you're a producer. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how did you get
0: involved, you know, with, with film work? You know, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of odd. Um, doing, doing movies, uh, and this kind of goes back to the, to the D&D thing, like doing movies was something I would have always liked to have done, but I never thought that it was possible to do from Pensacola or really anywhere. I, you know, I've lived a few of the places, but I was like, ah, you have to go to L.A. for that. You have to, you have to go out west for that. And so the opportunity came up for me when, in 2012 uh, when one of my uh, uh, business partners decided that he was going to do that. And he said, you should come and do it with me. And I said, eh, maybe, maybe not. But I, I went to Sundance in 2013. And that's January 2013. And I'd already been thinking about doing some little stuff here and there and, and, and stuff like that. I, I kind of got into the music industry for a little bit, but then I, I backed out of that. Um, And so I was, you know, I was looking for a place to go. And then just being there with the filmmakers and realizing that, you could do it from anywhere. And, you know, for me, I went to school for electrical engineering. Um, movie making is nothing like electrical engineering except for the fact that it's about taking big problems and, and solving them. And uh, so the, the, the problem solving from uh, electrical engineering is the same thing as, as producing movies. And I guess I kind of learned that those were so similar and it was something that I could do. And then I set out to do it.
1: What a specific jobs have you worked um in film because i know you directed the Pensacon commercial that, that was that was
0: my directorial debut
1: really right i did not know that mm-hmm. well you did very well with it well thank you
0: yeah we won some awards i was i was very happy yeah
1: it, it was that was a lot of fun to do mm-hmm. so like, what what specific jobs have you worked uh in film besides uh producing and directing
0: uh well i've i've uh written a little bit uh, mm-hmm. i do want to write more um the first uh, short movie that we did as kinematic was Girl from Iceland, and mm-hmm. I was a writer and, and producer on that. And then my friend Josh Stevenson co-wrote that with me and also directed. Um, but, uh, you know, m- most of it has been either just as a, a uh, production company kind of executive, you know, financier type of deal or a producer. And what exactly does a producer do? Um. That's a very hard question because a producer does everything. <laughs> you know, a producer, a producer at least has to know a little bit of how to do everything because a producer is what who puts a movie together. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the person who, when they, when they find a script. They'll find some project and they say I want to produce this. So they find the the correct. Sometimes it's a writer director, but sometimes it's just a writer. You find the script and you're like, this is a great script. You find the the right director for it, uh, and you find the right team for it. And then basically, once you bring the director on, um, you know, you work with a director. Sometimes the director wants to work with a certain DP, or if you have a, an experienced director, you want to make sure that you get an, an experienced DP and an experienced, you know, first assistant director and 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 all of these things. And basically, you know, your your job as a producer is to make sure that this project from start to finish uh, works. So the producer wears a lot of hats, basically. Oh, exactly. Because, you know, you have to be ready to, to jump in at, uh, you know, you, you spend all the time during pre-production making sure all the schedules are right, making sure the budget is right, making sure that that, that works, and then... During production, you make sure it stays on schedule. You make sure everybody has what they need. Uh, if there's anything at the last minute that needs to change, you need to make sure it makes sense. And then you're there during all of post-production to make sure that the editing is on time and to make sure that the effects are put in and, and to uh, to make sure. And you basically it's it's from soup to nuts. You you from start to finish. You make sure that it's it's done. That's why when you see somebody when when a movie wins a Best Picture at the Oscar, it's the producer that gets it.
1: And uh, during Pensacon, you were also working on a a documentary that was being shot here called The Stairmaster, and that's being produced with uh, Kevin Smith.
0: That's correct. I I felt that I wasn't busy enough with Pensacon, so <laughs> so why I designed... not, pro-
1: not why not produce something while you're working on this convention, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's uh, it was it was a uh, uh, it was a task for for sure. But uh, I think that we got some some really incredible stuff. This was a project that had come across. Um, I believe it was last uh, December, maybe even November, and uh, Sean Lanezo who is the writer and director and a uh, fellow producer on that. Mm-hmm. He, he came in, um, he had submitted a short to the, to our Pensacon short film festival and came in and he kind of told me about, he showed me his, his, he'd done a documentary back in 2002 and told me about the project. And I basically, I, I got really excited about it and it's, it's, uh, you know, it's making a big deal out of nothing because it's called Stairmaster and it's literally about staring contests. So we had gone back and forth. He had a business trip he had to go on, so we we're kind of just communicating via email. Trying to get together. I'm like, I'm going to go to Sundance and see if I can find funding for this. And, you know, I went out there some people, you know, didn't like the idea, but uh, the right people did. So there's another movie that uh, I produced called Misery Loves Comedy, mm-hmm. which is a Kevin Pollak movie, and that premiered at Sundance. Now, one of the people that was interviewed that was kevin smith so kevin smith had come to sundance mm-hmm. uh just for the premiere uh and i told him and uh, burton Ritchie, who uh, heretic films is also my my uh, uh co-founder of heretic films just thought that the, the the project was was awesome so you know we we went out to la a little bit later got a, got a chance to film with some stuff you know he was ready to come to uh, officiate the, the the rematch of the decade but he had you know he had already had um Obligations the that night that Saturday night at uh, February twenty eighth, mm-hmm. so you know we we got out there we filmed the rematch we had uh, nine cameras rolling uh, we got some incredible footage I'm not going to spoil who won yet but uh, <laughs> you'll have to
1: tune into the documentary to find that
0: out that's right well the, the and remember that the, the winner of this is going to go to Japan and challenge the uh, the Tokyo Stairmaster so oh, nice so that's that's the 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 next leg.
1: It's, it's such a unique concept. I mean, I'm not just saying that because I'm sitting here talking to you, but that actually does sound really interesting to see.
0: I like what Sean says about it, which is it's the uh, taking the uh, playground pastime of staring contest to gloriously absurd proportions. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, I, and it, it, and that's exactly what it is. Another thing that I really like about it is that it started in Pensacola, and uh, in case you can't tell from Pensacon and a lot of other stuff I do, I really I want to bring as much cool stuff to to Pensacola as possible. Yes. And the Stairmaster Project is is what we're calling with the original, you know, whole Stairmaster Tournament and everything like that. They began this in 2000 in a bar, which happens to be right next door to my office at the, uh, the handlebar. Really? And you go back and you watch that old footage, and I liken it to uh, street brawls, you know, or some kind of back alley, you know, uh, bare knuckle fight mm-hmm. that... Has now grown to where it was this great art installation, you know, Terminal Five uh, thing at JFK in 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 uh, in New York City of this big huge contest, and of course we did the rematch at the Sanger, so we got this this beautiful theater that uh, mm-hmm. we, we've got all of this this great table and these two uh, ocular titans coming together to uh, uh, to to rematch, and so it's it's literally it's gone from this crazy. Uh, uh, almost alleyway fight to uh, something on the world stage. That, it's like a big spectacle, exactly, and it's and that's exactly what it is. It's 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 um it's a it's a big deal about nothing. I can imagine the
1: the footage is going to look really good. I mean, uh, Jason was telling me that you know the stuff looked great and mm-hmm. everything went really well, so I, I'm I'm excited to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you guys announced on Sunday, the last day of Pensacon, the dates. And the first two guests for Pensacon 2016. Correct. Uh, what are those dates, and who are those guests?
0: The dates are going to be February 19th, 20th, and 21st, uh, 2016. And the guests are Peter Mayhew, who, of course, played Chewbacca. Uh, he was also a guest in our first year. Mm-hmm. Incredibly popular guest and an incredibly uh, gracious person. Yes, he was. And David Prouse, who is the man behind the mask for Darth Vader. Uh, in the, uh, the original trilogy, which of course we also had him as, uh, he was slated to be a guest in our first year. Uh, and then he had to have emergency surgery. So Mm -hmm. he was, he was not able to make the trip. Um, but he's recovered and we're very happy to, to have him back. Just to coincide
1: with, uh, The Force Awakens. Which will be out a couple of months before.
0: That's right. And uh, you can expect a few more Star Wars surprises uh, throughout the year.
1: I'm excited. (laughs) I really am. Well, Ben, thank you very much for taking the time to do the interview.
0: No problem. Thank you.
1: Big thank you once again to Ben Galecki and the artist at Pensacon who took time for those interviews. Next week, we're going to have a very different and unique format. Uh, to the Derek Diamond experience, and we are going to have a guest, but I'm not going to say who it is quite yet, but I'll just say that if you're friends with me on Facebook, I've dropped a hint about it, and chances are you know who that is. And don't forget, you can check out all of our shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and NerdCaveNetwork.com. On Monday, we have the Derek Diamond experience, Tuesday is the NerdCave podcast, Wednesday is Fist of Monkey, Thursday is Pop Culture Palette, and this Friday we will have time for comics. But that's all I've got, so enjoy the rest of your week, have a safe and fun weekend, and we'll see you guys next Monday.